Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. You are listening to Missed Apex iRacing Podcast. Let's get faster. Welcome to Missed Apex iRacing Podcast. I'm your host, Richard Spanners Ready, and I am on a mission to make you faster, not by giving you advice myself. Oh my goodness, no, that wouldn't help in any way, shape or form. But we do want to look at iRacing from a hobbyist point of view. We're not concentrating on the major series in that. We're not doing like a race review of the Daytona 500. We're talking about you with your desk clamp steering wheel, with your dodgy rickety table, with your cheap VR set and the struggles of reaching over to your mouse and trying to change and adjust your fuel as you come into the pits having crashed and forgotten, forgetting to set your fuel on the grid. Uh, but it would be nice to get faster. It would be nice to have experts on. And I've got a, a new expert for you this week. But first, the usual mugs. We've got Alex Jeansy Van Jean. How's it going, Alex? It's going all right. I feel triggered. You mentioned crashing in the pit lane. I did that last night, so um, I'm not feeling too clever about that. But um, in the wonderful IGP series, a terrible, terrible circuit. But we'll talk about that later. I always um, I struggle in the pit lane, especially like well, yeah, when you haven't adjusted your fuel and you suddenly go, oh no, you know you have to untick refueling. So if you have a crash and you're heading back to the pits, you go, oh man, I need to uh, yeah, you need to go one hand. In VR, look down to the corner, select like the relative right-hand arrow, right-hand arrow, try and bring it down because it always sets at 45 litres, doesn't it? So you're desperately clicking down to the left and then you do it. You finally do it, pull in, and you have like 10 minutes repairs anyway with the new damage model. Uh, Spanners, do you use your mouse to change your black box? Yeah. Is that, you're gonna... I'm going to change your life, mate. You have the same steering wheel as me. Yeah. You use the D-pads on the steering wheel to change all the rollers to change... Your black box. Yeah, but that won't actually... I can't deselect the fuel from 45... Yes, you can. Ah, all this time. <laughs> and you can also use crew chief to do that. We can talk about that if you want. All this time. Yeah, we can. Also joined by Kyle Edgy Power. How's it going, Kyle? Very well, thank you. And I think you're both wrong, because what I do is just change it in the dot .ini file, where you can just set it to not put fuel in or tyres oh, standard. Man. <laughs> so well, you can turn it off. So we've got two tips there. Oh yeah. Well, this is this is why I did this this show. It wasn't set up, you know, just out of the kindness of my heart. I thought if I talk to people about iRacing, not only will my wife see it as part of the project and therefore okay, but also I might pick up some tips and tricks. Now, uh, our next guest, Alex, um, I'll let you big him up a little bit because you guys sent me the way of this streamer, and he has 
he had nearly instantly improved my performance in the F3. Yeah, I've um, been watching this guy. I won't mention his name yet. Um, Ooh, build up. For, for, for a little while since I've been joining iRacing. Um, for two reasons. He does some really, really good track guides. And he does some really fun uh, some really fun content, which is great to watch. Um, and his name is Stuffy. You've probably heard him. You've probably seen him on many different things. He races all sorts of different series. Um, and, uh, yeah, we have him with us today. Thank you for joining us in the shed, Scott Tuffy, a.k.a. Stuffy. How's it going, Scott? Oh, very good. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, guys. Nice uh, intro. Tell us a little bit about uh, how you got into to streaming. And, and is iRacing your only sim platform? Yes, iRacing is where I spend 95% of my time racing. It's just, as you, anyone who's seen my channel, I race in VR and it has the best VR support and the best online racing. Um, so that's where I spend the majority of my time. See, I, I always wonder whether I'm too iRacing-y focused because when I first got into sim racing, everybody recommended their favorite one i tried a bunch of them instantly iRacing just struck me as the most i know not even the most beautiful just the most realistic the one that i could most imagine me doing it alex i think most professional is where it comes from i think i think iRacing was like the top dog and there's lots of other ones. You know, there's there's R Factor 2, which does it really, really well. There's Race Room as well, who also do a very good project, do a very good product. Um, but I just think iRacing ties everything together. And the most important thing for me with iRacing is the racing platform. Stuffy? Yeah, totally agree. I, I'm always trying out different sims. There's, I as in uh, Automobilista 2 has great VR support, but as the, you've said there, it is by far the most organized and you just get drawn back into iRacing and that's why we all we all race it yeah so i at the moment i'm not looking around for another sim but i am you know on the lookout for people who do other sims and i'm waiting for that moment that someone says oh no there is something better but i think alex has got it right there it is the organizational structure i think there's a little bit more risk in the risk and reward calculations than you get in other competitions kyle yeah and it's also having the platform where the racing sort of means something with your license and your safety rating and you have to work at it hard and build it up. When my Oculus failed and I went back to playing F1 2020 and I went back to playing some other stuff on the flat screen, I just didn't have that connection anymore. I just, it didn't mean anything where you get on iRacing in an official race and it's like, oh, I feel like I'm actually racing. It feels a lot more organic than other sims that I've tried just purely because of how slick and the multiplayer and the emphasis put on the license and the safety rating. So what got you streaming then, Stuffy? Because these two are both wannabe streamers. Uh, no, they're not. Oh, no, sorry, Kyle. Sorry to accuse you of that. Uh, but Jeansy, he's mad into his um, streaming. Uh, w- what made you turn your attention to trying to put that content out? Uh, I've always been interested in streaming. I, as uh, when I was a bit younger, always uh, tried to make it as streaming Call of Duty, but I was never very good at that. I'm much better at racing. But I think like most people, I actually got drawn to sim racing through Jimmy Broadbent. He was the first guy I come across on YouTube. He had considerably amount or smaller uh, following base than he does have now. But that really got me into it. And it, I probably spent about a good six months to a year before I actually took the dive and <laughs> bought my first wheel. But yeah, haven't haven't looked back then. I've actually just um, made a serious upgrade this oh, week. No, what just, you got? Uh, a V2.5 base with a McLaren rim. So it's, yeah, there's going to be a video coming up on that, but it's just changed my whole experience. It's just, um, yeah, I haven't looked back since. Um, if you don't mind me asking, what were you running previously? What was your setup? I had a Thrustmaster TMX wheel. Uh, so I got that with the pedals and then 
I did some serious research and everyone said, upgrade your pedals first. That makes all the difference. And of course, we're always chasing lap times. So I upgraded the pedals and yeah, it was by far the best decision. And then I now wanted a nice shiny rim and a, and a wheelbase to make that next step up. Okay, hang on a second. First, I've got to ask an embarrassing question. Jeansy, what wheel do I have? You have the Thrustmaster T300 and the F1, the F1, Ferrari F1 wheel. Okay, now now to me, going to that belt, it's a belt-driven wheel, isn't it? I got, from that, I, before that, it was the Logitech G29, which is actually, for a gaming wheel, it's really good. But as soon as we started uh, with this one, the T300, it, it felt, that made it feel like a sim, suddenly. So what, 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 what were your wheels compared to my ones? Is it a similar step up or the next step? Uh, my wheel, your wheel is a step up from mine. So my, the TMX wheel is, is the equivalent to the G29. Uh, and then, yeah, the T300 is then that next step up. I, I suppose maybe it's the equivalent to the CSL Elite that Fanatec make, but I think it's it's like in between those two. Uh, but yeah, I I thought I'm at a stage now where I really want to concentrate on gaining my eye rating, making my way up the ranking system. And yeah, unfortunately, I am uh, I'm my own worst enemy. And I thought my equipment was letting myself down. I had to try and look for, uh, find a reason somewhere for me crashing out all the time. So yeah, sometimes yeah, it is nice to just get rid of those those factors. And and going having gone through this journey in full with golf, it it really was never about which driver I had. It was always about my swing and my open club face. No matter how far I pointed left, it would always find its way back into the right hand boundary. Um, but in a way, for your videos, you're in. A position with your equipment that the vast majority of iRacers will be there or below. A lot of the times I'm getting advice from people like Brad, who's sitting there in a direct drive wheel, the most solid pedals. What's what's the rig he's got? Who's that by? Uh, tracks? Track racer. Yeah, track um, racer. Yeah. He, got, he got gifted a, uh, it's not even a 20, it's not even 80-20. It's more than that. Um, yeah, he's got he's got a beast of a rig. So sometimes uh, he's got most of it for free. So sometimes when people like that are giving us hints and tips and everything, they're doing it from like a space shuttle. You stuff you're doing your videos with very much consumer level gear, which which is nice because it means you really are aiming that at me. And when I first watched your video uh, directing me in slow time round Spa, that's what I realised. I said you. You're not showing off how good you are and you're not talking at an elite level. I felt like you were talking to me as a, a dad with no time. And I was like, Stuffy, thank you for this shortcut of how to go around Spa Francochon. Yeah, no, well, it's funny you mentioned golf. I actually used to be a golf coach. Oh, right. um, so the, the videos that I put together, I do, you're teaching people of all different abilities. And that's kind of how I approached the track guides when I first started making them, is that not everyone's going to be a professional I don't pretend that I'm a professional when I'm as fast as the top guys. It's just about being consistent. And I had looked, I saw that no one else was doing them at the time. Of course, other people have uh, have done it as well and put their own spin on things. And it was yeah, just there to help the community as a whole um, because that's what I was looking for, what I would look for. And uh, yeah, glad to hear that you you were one of the successful pupils, shall we say? <laughs> oh no, no. I mean, it's 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 um it's a shortcut. There's so many times you can go around there on your own as often as you want, and I bet you had this with golf as well. You you find that practice makes permanent, not perfect. So someone who's been going around on their own, getting better, has just developed these awful habits, 
And then, like, I watch your video and I go, of course I should be out on the curb there. Of course I should be on that grey-looking runoff. But I'd never even tried it. Alex? It's interesting. You make a really good point about just going round with no guidance. And all that all will actually happen is you'll find yourself going backwards because your bad habits get worse. Um, you know, for me, I got to a point where... I know the racing lines. I know where I should be on the circuit. So that was never much of an issue for me. And my big issue was in throttle application and brake application. So actually, I gained a hell of a lot more by sitting down with our friend Danny Henney and going through data and looking at my brake trace and my throttle traces. And that's where that's where when you get to that limit of you can't go anymore just by doing the right things visually, you have to look more in depth. And there's some great tools out there. We've talked about VRS before, but there's um, MoTeC as well, which is really good for actually really diving deep into what you're doing. Yeah, totally agree. It's just, there are so many tools out there to, to help you out and it's taking that next step up if that's how you how you want to go. Me personally, I've obviously I've, I've gone down the rabbit hole. I've uh, upgraded my my equipment and that's kind of what I'll follow on with uh, my my channel as well is hopefully it doesn't make me improve and it's a journey that I can inform people on and people say equipment doesn't necessarily make you better but if you have better equipment there is an understandable difference in control and you'll put more time and practice in and as you said practice makes permanent and that's mostly where where people go comes wrong. down to. But I see, like when when we first had the COVID lockdowns and Charles Leclerc just jumped on with whatever equipment he could get hold of. I think he had a Logitech G27 and he was like still super blindingly fast. So you go, Ugh. I think at the time I had the G29 and I was thinking of upgrading and I was like, yeah, it's not, the the, the wheel isn't the weak link, is it? Um, equipment doesn't necessarily bring lap time, but as... um. As you've all said, it's the consistency. Uh, with me, it was a little bit different. I got, I was on a T three hundred. Is that um, why? And uh, yeah, and I got to the point where I was actually starting to feel held back by it. I was lacking definition. I knew what I wanted, and I needed that upgrade. And as soon as I got the upgrade, I did take and pretty much an instant, a very small step, but it was mainly in the consistency. I've never really struggled with that anyway. But I, I had a tangible, and noticeable difference, and I was going into higher splits, more difficult series, and I wasn't losing ground on it. I was just going forward. So, so yeah, if you do feel limited, then maybe consider an upgrade, but don't go out there and buy an upgrade just for the hell of it if you don't need to. So that's interesting. That wheelbase didn't make me faster, Alex, but what it did do is it gave me a little bit more feel and I stopped because we were in the Formula Renault 2.0s at that point. It did stop me losing the back end. It let me catch a bit more, which I guess lets you push a bit more. So for me, it was consistency, knowing it was always going to do the same thing every time. Yeah, so it's like, well, it's funny. Me and Kyle are pretty much sim racing twins when it comes to equipment. We have pretty much the same kit and have gone through the same process at the same time. And we went through the T300 together, and then we both jumped to the TSPC racer, which again is that step up from from the T300. And again, as Kyle said, it's just that extra feel. And when you hit a bump, you can catch it much sooner. Um, And the uh, there's a test you can run on the wheels, which brings in your minimum force. You've probably seen that in the settings um, where you don't quite know where to set your minimum force. And there's a program you can use. We can talk about that in another show where I can actually remember what it's called. Um, and I've used it, yeah. get it. And you can get it to run a system. Yeah. So you know when, when your wheel feels 
the force first and you set that as your percentage in the game and that means you're feeling absolutely everything that that wheel can possibly feel um and those kind of things help you catch the back and different things like that yeah 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 sorry we get diverted down in uh, equipment chat stuffy uh do tell us uh, do feel free to email me spanners at mistapex.net if you want to comment on the on the content or just give well i say ask me a question give me a question that i will pass on to my expert panel but before we move off equipment though you mentioned that you upgraded the the brakes are you a load cell guy or a potentiometer dude i am a load cell right. so i've got the fanatec v3s i've uh yeah been drawn into the fanatec rabbit <laughs> hole but I don't, I don't regret it whatsoever it's um as you said it's realism and it has made me faster as well and more consistent are they the ones with the vibration in the pedals yes Ooh, very how, how is that i'm really Ooh, interested yeah, tell about us about that. that so when i first went from obviously having no response um in in the t- in the thrustmaster pedals going to those instantly was amazing because you just i gained so much time because you feel the you can feel the vibration on the throttle when you're coming out of the corners so i was losing time by not applying enough acceleration or enough throttle early enough out of the corners and then as i was able to feel that 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 response i gained lap time instantly so i didn't even know this existed so mm. i mean uh our, our our kind patrons uh actually clubbed together to to give me an iRacing racing budget and which went on the what have i got csl elite with the load CSL cell elites yeah like they're amazing they they revolutionized the driving experience for me but I didn't know I was leaving vibrating pedals on the table. I didn't know they existed, Kyle. So with these vibrating pedals, it's basically on the throttle, you're feeling basically the wheel slip. You get the vibration. Then I presume on the brakes, you then start to feel a vibration when you're on the verge and starting to lock. That must be incredibly handy. Wow. Yeah, exactly that. And you talk about the CSL elites when I was deciding on what to purchase, because there is a quite a considerable price difference that the vibrations in the pedal sold it for me uh, because that's, I was like, that's going to give me some lamp time. And for me, it's all about, this is the closest thing I'm ever going to get to actually driving a real racing car. Same, same, (laughs) totally the same. Yeah. So I don't mind spending the money um, for something that's going to sit in, uh, in my dining room. So, um, I, I, I've actually just put the V3 up, the V3 pedals up on my, uh, I just Googled them and gone to the Fanatec website and they're actually only 60 quid more than the, than the um no don't tell me don't say that don't tell me (laughs) that's a lot closer than i remember i i i think my uh, clsl elites might be going on ebay (laughs) (laughs) so it's um, worth the purchase guys so i think it's um john l in our in our uh, missed apex series who's been working for ages on getting vibration pads in his seat uh to give him feedback like how how do we think how do we think that would work so you does it does it give you the g-force and simulate it kyle I think iRacing actually puts out the um, actually puts out the telemetry for it, and you basically get yeah the vibrations for when you hit curbs when the rear is starting <laughs> to go, and I think you can actually map them if you can get them set up right, so you can have sort of a multi-directional bottom vibrations, I guess, <laughs> to help you out. See, funny thing is, for me, coming from karting, my history is in karting, and the one thing I've always lacked in a sim is the bum feel because. I drive with my backside in a cart and that's how I know when I'm on the edge of grip because I can feel it through the cart yeah. to have that 
in a sim for me would be awesome. Better than a motion sim. I'm not interested in motion sims um, because they can't simulate the G-force. So what's the point? Um, but vibration is interesting. So you also, it's worth noting that in a car, you also drive with spikes on your wheels. You carry a paintball gun and a hammer and are a general menace. I, I hadn't said that for a while, that you're a menace in a go-kart. And I was a little bit worried that people might not think that I think you're a menace in a cart. So I just, I just needed to keep saying it, if that's all right. What do you mean that the first time we were ever on a wet track together, I pushed you around the circuit? <laughs> what you're talking about? I'm really sorry. We don't have time to list all the times I've either been hit or seen you hit someone in a cart. Stuffy, uh, back to you, mate. Back to you. Two types of content you do, those tutorials and also the live stream. It's interesting. Uh, we, we all have a go with streaming. I'm a content creator as well. I've dipped my toe in streaming, like streaming live uh, and content creation with iRacing. The streaming, I'm a little bit limited by my upload speed at the moment. But how do you find switching between those those two very dis- different disciplines? And what do you prefer? Um, so I, I generally prefer recording um, and then putting that content up from a VR perspective as well, because the majority of my content is in VR. It is so much easier to just record and then not have to worry about changing scenes and worrying about your if taking your headset off and stuff i've i've delved into the streaming side a bit a little bit more now i've got um a bit more time on my hands and i've tried to make it as seamless as possible but it is still quite difficult in vr to stream and from a from a viewer's perspective as well it's maybe not as quite nice to watch um than if you've got a steady screen in front of you no but you know i I like both, but yeah, you, recording is just so much more relaxed for me. Alex, that's the first thing I noticed when I tried to stream in VR was I was like, oh my God, keep your head still, you absolute lunatic. Interesting. What I found, I mean, I use, I, I think you use um, Streamlabs, don't you, Stuffy? Um, yeah. And I, I, I use OBS, not Streamlabs, just normal OBS. And what I found is when you stretch the screen for iRacing, it goes beyond the borders of the screen and that's what makes the movement more i've actually now adjusted it so that actually it fits within i've got a little gap at the top and i filled that with the flat map that's on race labs um which has made it a lot more steady for me but it's interesting that you talk about you prefer to do videos for time because i do streaming because of time because the race is done and it's done. I haven't got to go do any editing. And for me, editing is a nightmare. It's just such a long process and drives me nuts. So I'll be interested to know sort of how many races you do to then create to then create the content you get. And then how much time, what's your time split between playing and editing? Racing, not playing. Um, yeah, no, it's funny you say that. So I, I quite enjoy the editing process. I like putting it together and seeing seeing a, the, the finished product but yeah I, I would just of course i don't recall i record pretty much every race i do but then i will leave the boring ones out um <laughs> there are the odd ones they are rare but there are the odd ones where i will win a race from start to finish and that's that's no fun apart from myself that's uh, <laughs> no one wants to see that everyone wants to see how good i look <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly everyone wants to see me start from the back of the grid and see all the carnage unfold in front of me um but that's why i try to to vary it up as much as i can uh, but i yeah i i just think because of course spending time with uh obviously family and stuff like that as well i can record something and then that's it. It's done. It's a 45 minute race at the most. 
and then I can edit it at a later date. And I try and get a couple of videos out per week, and that's at my luxury. Whereas if you're streaming, you're live, you've, you've got people walking behind you and stuff like that, and you can't necessarily just, I don't know. I like to, I'm quite someone who likes to be professional, and that's why I've said with my stream, I like it to be a bit more seamless. Some other people aren't like that, but, um, yeah, that's just me, to be honest, and kind of my standards. And the, the live element, I think, is perhaps overemphasized, especially to gaming streaming. You know, there's some statistic that, if you have a hundred people watching your live stream, you're in like their top minuscule percentage of all gaming streamers. Uh, people do like finding and consuming after the fact content. So while, whereas I try to be live and in the moment as sometimes, actually it doesn't matter. That F3 race is still a wild F3 race the next day when people find it and you've not got the pressure of that live interaction and um, I was thinking of changing our focus on stuff like that as well. Um, but I don't know. We, we had 50 people watch one of our Missed Apex rounds. And I, I thought, oh, my God, we must be in like the top 1% of all gaming streaming. This is amazing. But after the fact, you know, we have a lot more people come and, come and do it. So that, that, that is interesting. And if you want people to see your chaotic races from the back with lots of carnage, I'm assuming that F3 features heavily in that. Oh, 100 <laughs> percent. It's uh, it's it wouldn't be. You can tell straight away that F3 is where the carnage is at. And Why? That's where, uh, Why? Is. Why is F3 where the carnage is at? It's because there's this podcast isn't long enough, Spanners, to talk about. <laughs> that's where. Why? Uh, it's just, yeah, combination of things. People just go in. I think people come from GT3s and other cars and just forget that this this car is fragile. You cannot touch other people with this car and um and of course we all like we all have people in f3 who uh treat it like f1 and they want to win it on the first corner your uh, video from bathurst reminds me of just how <laughs> much carnage that one was when a billion people just drove into the back of people at the turn one two three was it the uh, start of the hilarious <laughs> yeah just your typical bathurst traffic jam that was what car was that because that was in the f3 oh, okay because I mean, because of F3, it kind of really hurt your I rating, didn't it? You dropped, you dropped out of out of class for it and had to work your way back up, didn't you? My safety rating is always uh, up and down because I just can't tear myself away from Formula Three. Um, it's I'm still umminaring about even attempting to race Long Beach this week. Um, I've seen some of the results and I've seen. God, maybe one result where more than half the field has survived on the same lap. <laughs> so I'll, I'll probably do it for the content. But yeah, I won't be there very long this week. So, I mean, Kyle, I've I've noped out of Long Beach because I, Bell Island just hurt me. And I thought, I, I don't think I can I'd do it again. Is it a similar kind of wreck fest? Ish, ish. Bell Isle's okay because you have a bit of a wider entry to the lap and the first few turns are kind of comparatively normal and field can sort themselves out. Long Beach has the first turn, which is awkward, then the roundabout section where yeah, if roundabout. you're in the mid-pack, you're going to be coming to a standstill. And as uh, Stuffy has mentioned, not everybody in F3 quite has the patience or the uh, sometimes I think the intelligence to maybe recognise the situation happening, like evolving in front of them to break. So I love Bell Isle. I'll happily race it. I'm considering taking a hiatus for this week uh, i've just been on it just before we come on the show um um 
it's great fun to drive, but yeah, I've seen the carnage. <laughs> I've, I've, I, I dropped into the 715 that was being ghosted and it was carnage. Just look at the amount of cars in the pit lane <laughs> at any one point during the race is going to tell you everything. And, and as you know, I'm all about the safety rating. So my precious safety rating might stay on the shelf for this week. So for me, a lot of uh, formula, uh, sorry, of iRacing is wish fulfillment. And I, I tend to then stray towards the tracks I know. So inevitably that's the F1 tracks. So when you've got, Nürburgring Grand Prix circuit coming up in week three you go ah maybe I can build up some spousal credit when it's Long Island I can see why they've done it because it's a new track isn't it so you know generate people going to the new contract uh, content in one of the most popular series Uh, but I wonder if uh, the F3 is popular because it's popular with celebrities basically so you know stuffy that if you go into a session Roman Grosjean might be there, Max Verstappen might be there, Lando Norris, Barrichello, Alonso. And I think that has, you know, a lot of glory hunters like me who've, who've sort of piled into it without necessarily the, the racing chops and experience to match those guys. Yeah, and I think it's you guys have touched on it before. It's, it's right in the middle of the classes. It's C-class, so mm. it's very accessible to everyone. It's, it's a big step up in speed from the Formula Renault 2.0. And it's slightly longer races and it's just the the cars above it, the Formula One series, um, which uh, Alex races in, is an A-class. So very few people are in, uh, in A-class and also want to put that time into it. Whereas F3 is just, it's just easy to race and it is a great joy in VR. As soon as I got Amazing. my VR headset, I just, I'd already, I was already in love with the car, but then it just... There, there is no better feeling on iRacing. When you do get a good battle and a fair, clean battle, there's, there's no adrenaline rush quite like it. No, and um, when it was Spa for round one of the Missed Apex series, uh, Alex and Kyle, this might come as a shock to you, but I was so in love with doing that in VR. I did actually do an extra practice session or seven on, on my own because it was just wonderful i was just absolutely in love with with doing it when it's a track that, that i don't like so much you know when it's like that roller coaster one what was that road atlanta just complete just like random where's the turn gonna go nobody knows or is it was it philip island where the final hairpin changes every single lap like literally it's never the same from lap to lap carl yeah there's there are certain car and track combinations i'm a bit strange i get board fairly easily so if i have more than half an hour practice i start going backwards sort of thing i'm ready to just do a few laps and go straight racing um with spa i had exactly what you had i put in hundreds and hundreds of laps i did every single practice session um uh, that people were were throwing up just because it was just so alex is shaking his head but that's why carl won a race and you didn't alex that's what no no i wasn't shaking my head i I was i was i was was, um uh, for me the two best tracks on the service are Spa and Suzuka. They are they are just tracks I could just lap over and over. I don't care what car either. I'm, I, I did it in um in the GT3. I did Suzuka in the GT3 Merc. And I just, even though I was rubbish, I can't, <laughs> I can't work with GT3s. I want to I do more with those. But I just did lap after lap after lap with it because it's just such a wonderful place to drive. And in VR, I know we've, We've lamented a lot over VR. We're religious about it. Um, And it doesn't help having a guest on who is also a VR fan. Lament Um, is the opposite, though. We've we've been doing the other. We've been bigging up VR. Lament is like, oh, no, VR. Brad's going to have a go at me for that, for getting the words wrong. And I'm not going to edit it. We we, we love VR here. And um, 
yeah, I just um, I, I just can't get over undulation in VR. Something I always wanted to experience when driving on a PlayStation on a flat screen, and yeah. Okay, I, I don't know. I don't know how we got into to VR again. Apologies to that one guy who complained about it before. Uh, staying with F three, then how do we how do we fix that? Do we just make it higher? Like, assuming we have that power, we'll, we'll all go and lobby at iRacing on Twitter. Just make it a B class. Does that solve it? I mean, I'm a B class, and I'm not exactly a bastion of iRacing excellence. No, I. It should stay at a C class and it should be accessible. But what needs to be done, there was a big, big call to have hourly races. And iRacing decided against that because they said it would affect the participation of other open wheel series. Now, there was a lot of uproar um, about that decision on the forums. And I personally don't agree with their decision. I think it should go to hourly races. Yeah, because, agreed. As you've discussed, and so many other people do as well, uh, having an F3 race every two hours is just too long. And we all know that your race can end on the first lap for no fault of your own. <laughs> yeah. And it's just at the time you could have one try per night and then it's over before it's even started. I just think getting people out on track more, so hourly races, and just trying to reiterate to people just to be more patient. I think that's all it is, just being patient. And you, look, if you're going wheel to wheel with someone and you end up coming together halfway through the race, look, it is what it is. But at least you've had a good battle and you've had that buzz and that fight. It's People get annoyed by it when your race ends in lap one in any series. But of course, it's more prominent with a damage model in Formula 3. Yeah, after a two-hour wait as well. And there's no way a parent made that decision. Because you get, you know, you do dinner, you get the kids to bed, and then you're like, yes, I'm finally allowed some guilt-free iRacing, and you can literally get one in in the evening. It's very frustrating, Kyle. Yeah. Um, I have a, another another solution to try to maybe fix the crashiness a little bit. It might be a bit controversial, but what I'd like to see, the car is fantastic. Participation is never that much of an issue in F3. You look at it's always usually about minimum prime time. There's a couple of hundred people signing up for the officials and it wants to be accessible. But also you've got quite a lot of, there's quite a lot of us that are, that would like it a bit more pro. So they could maybe split it. You have the C, the D and C license, sort of um, the sprint series or the AM series, you could call it, or you have a more elite and a pro series, same sort of races, but that's limited to an A and B license. You split them like that. So then if you want to get into the A and B, you're going to get your A and B license by working through the AM class first, then go into the A and B. Oh, okay. Because it's A and B with the more stringent SR sort of um, emphasis placed on it, it should naturally become a bit less crashy. If you look at the IGP series, which is A only, um, you can see the driving standards is night and day different. So I think that could be a bit of a solution. Maybe. Well, all right but- then, Alex. Well, we, maybe we could just do like, yeah, the top three splits out of nine they're limited or the top 30 percent of the splits are limited to a and b and and so split four is always oh crap split four well i think i think if you i think if you had um a b a b split and a c split i think you'd literally see the number half from the c split and the rest will go into b which would balance it out you don't need eight splits where the last split is a is a sof of 950 you don't need that um so it's actually quite nice to have it to have it rolled into there. It does make a difference. Yeah. Also it would be making use of the license system more. Cause I do yeah. think it's horribly underused as it is. And a lot of people get a for the hell of it and then never ever use it. Like I 
like I, I got my A license really, really early, but then didn't use it until I started racing I, IGP. So I'd like to see that happen. It was interesting. I saw some stats the other day on regards to the license system. And actually, 26% of racers on iRacing have an A license, which is the highest of any of the other classes. So actually, you could do more for that. And people get quite protective over things like that. And they wouldn't want to lose it. So they'd stay where they are. All right. Next time I get wrecked, Stuffy, I'm going to look and see what the license rating of it of whoever wrecked me was. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Yeah, I'm. you say there's 26% of array license. I'm definitely not one of those 26%, and I haven't been for a quite some time, I'm ashamed to say. <laughs> uh, yeah, just because F3... Whenever I get close to my A license, F3 just draws it back in, unfortunately, <laughs> draws me back down. But you, know, you guys make that very valid points there. I've never really thought about it that way. And yeah, totally agree. It'd be a good, uh, a good suggestion. So that's not going to happen. We haven't got the power to change it. What I find in an F3 race, as a, as a middling driver, I'm, I'm not on these two pace. These two are, are probably a similar pace to, to yourself, um, Stuffy. And I'm not insulting anyone when I say... None of us on this panel here are like alien pace, but you're, you three are solid drivers. I'm trying to get up there. So what I find, though, is in in the, the splits I'm in, whatever split I end up in, and at the moment it's like two or three in the F3 for an evening-packed session, it doesn't matter what I do. I, I will pick my race pace. It doesn't matter how well I'm doing. I'm always going to have about three guys on raw pace ahead of me. And what I think it is, is whatever split I'm in, there's actually about 10 guys on raw pace ahead of me it's just that they all roll the dice if you play texas hold on poker the equivalent is just going all in on low stakes because there's no physical stakes I touched on this a little bit last week but you know in a big tournament with poker you want to get up to the front so you need to go all in really early to try and get a big pot so that you can play the equivalent in a i race is being at the front so at the beginning of the race they are thrashing lap after lap with like maximum intensity and i can't do that 
If I do that, I will spin. So I, my risk reward says, find your race pace, find your comfortable pace, the lap that you can do lap after lap. But I will always be beaten by three of those 10 all-in mavericks. So three, the, all 10 of them will, will roll the dice. Three of them will win. Seven of them will spin off at some point. Laguna Seca was a massive show of that, especially at the corkscrew. And, and I feel I am limited by the fact that I, I respect some risk reward. And I think if we were to transfer those same people onto a cart track, they wouldn't go all in every time because their body's on the line and they've paid money to go there. Uh, so I d- this risk reward element, I think, Scott, is um, it- it's something that I don't think we can really manage because you're always going to get a 15 year old with the desk, with the thing clamped to his desk. It's the 10th race of the evening for him. So he can afford to keep rolling the dice, rolling the dice, rolling the dice. And for me, that's the that's the only competitive element that really takes me out of the competition in iRacing. Yeah, no, totally agree. Unfortunately, we don't know who's on the other end of of, of the car. And as you said, like maybe someone's 10th race of the night and in your first race, you're approaching the two people approaching it very differently. Um, I think that's why people are just generally calling for more at more races per night so that you had more opportunities to have a fair race because you will eventually come up against someone who's on a similar pace to you, who has the same, who is treating the race the same way. Um, and generally speaking, if, you've, if you're doing those races on an hourly basis, you're going to come up against the same names yeah. and you're going to know who you can. I see it all the time. There's certain guys that, oh, I've seen him before. I've had a good race against him. And of course, we've been, that's the one thing that YouTube has done for me is that I'm getting recognized <laughs> in the races now. And I'm being, sometimes I'm, I'm, I've noticed I'm being treated a little bit more respectfully because they're thinking, this is going to go on YouTube. <laughs> and it's worked to my benefit that it's improved my free experience. Um, as I said, it's now mainly just myself who ruins that experience um, when I crash out. But it's... Yeah, more races, you end up coming against the same people and you know who you can have a good race against and who you can be wary of. I bet it goes the other way as well, because if you wreck someone, you're like, oh, no, that is my that's my media image that I'm also risking. Yes, I do have to um, rein in my my thoughts sometimes. I need to uh, refrain from pressing the talk button um, to tell people what I really think. Um, because yeah, I do have that uh, little, not too much of a presence, but I do have a little bit of that presence now that um, it could be yeah. A okay, so 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 this is awkward, but I self-imposed but encouraged by friends ban on game chat. So I I'm not on the game chat at all um, in race in iRacing when I'm racing. I can only do it. I can say hello everyone, how's it going, and then it disables when I drive. So when I am in an incident, I can't go you beeping beepity beep. And also even in our series where we've we're all on discord together i leave the discord chat during the race because i go flash to bang like immediately for for any incident but in karting because i'm hosting the event and people know me from our uh, f1 podcast i i get the feeling that a i i have to protect people that i'm racing with because i i once punted a a listener and they never came back and i feel really really bad about it sorry manny I've learned my lesson. Please come back to Miss Apex Karting. But I also feel like I get an extra half a yard from people who don't want to take out the the host of the event as well. So that is an interesting psychological effect as your reputation builds stuff. It's fascinating to hear. 
Yeah, it is. I dread to think how you're how you are on a golf course as well, because speaking from experience, I know how stressful that game is. So, uh, um, not, are not. you uh, are you broken many golf clubs by any chance? So, Kyle, <laughs> you seem to have a point you'd like to make. <laughs> yeah, I have. Um, I'm usually quite calm at racing. I rarely, I don't really have a go at people. I rarely get involved in incidents. But on a golf course, roundabout sort of hole <laughs> seven or eight after the first. Sort of, sort of case of tinnies have gone down <laughs> um yeah i have snapped a few golf clubs and uh, i have actually once a spectacular freak out of throwing a golf club at my bag hitting the beer in my bag rupturing the beer and snapping my golf club all in one uh, fell swoop put put it this way when my kid was five he had a seven iron that was half a seven iron that had been wrapped in amalg tape uh that was his mini his first golf club was the result of a not so good round uh, let's let's move on hey that's what i think i think we should we should move on Re- really interesting I mean, and a lot of your videos will show that carnage and i think people like that and i think people do like the fact that you're not just out the front just winning all the time it's a less interesting video if you were doing that um let's quickly plug your youtube channel i, I type stuffy into youtube and i find it yep stuffy so not how you think it's spelt so it's technically just my first initial and my last name um, but with an extra y on the end so yeah okay it's, so it's, someone had already taken tuffy with a y already someone had already taken my last name i don't know why that is yeah so it's uh, but, so s-t-u-f-f-y-y yeah. no oh no you've been in your emails i've been purposely put in my <laughs> my tag at the bottom to see if you'd pick up on it, which you haven't. Oh, right. I see it now. Okay. It's, oh, right. So stuff, the word stuff, E-Y-Y. There we yeah, go. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, go and search for that. Also, there will be a link in the podcast show notes uh, to his channel. Now, you don't just do F3. You are participating in the uh, 12 hours of spring this weekend. And, and this is good for us to kind of end the show getting away from our single-seater obsession and I, I accept that we are single-seater fanatics being a primarily an f1 podcast platform that's done this but after our f3 races we do a variety of events so three races of f3 then our last race is a, a special race what did we do last week we did indycar at charlotte oval phoenix, didn't we wasn't it i think it phoenix. phoenix whatever it was it was an absolute disaster it was carnage um this week we're oh i can't reveal what we're doing this week but it's nice it's more of a club racer feel this week for the fourth for the fourth race so uh spring obviously is endurance racing i know nothing about this i dip my toe in the water for the daytona 500 or not, not daytona 24 hour uh, but because of the delays i was unable to participate in the end uh, but you're what, what are you doing who's your team who, who are you racing with uh so we're being quite bold. It's my first um, event that is over the three hours. Uh, I've only ever done VRS endurance before, uh, but I'm doing it with just one other um, guy called Anthony Myers. Oh, wow, six um, hours. In the LMP2, yeah. We've tried to recruit a couple of people, but they've just not been able to do it. Um, so, yeah, we're just hoping to, to finish. It's my first event over three hours, and we're just going to give it a go and hopefully finish. We're doing it in the LMP2, because it's another... A uh, baby of mine, I do like that car quite do, a lot. I'm a bit of a speed freak. Do you actually want to do six hours, or is it just necessity? Uh, necessity. Yeah, that's <laughs> it, that is a lot. I would rather do several shorter sessions. So that is like true endurance, Kyle. In VR as well. This is this not... is the thing. Oh no, you're doing it on flat screen, yeah. Well, no, I'm not doing it all in one go. I think people are 
I'm not oh, sitting no. there doing six hours in one go. We're going to do stints. Yeah, it's still but a you're lot, doing though. all of your stints. You are actually doing it in VR. So, so how long's a stint? An hour, maybe? I think, yeah, about an hour and a half probably. Is, I think we're going to do a couple of refuels. So that's about manageable. I hope you've got some spare interchangeable interface. <laughs> See, I can um, I can account for six hours, not necessarily in, in, in VR and endurance, but when I've done 24 hour kart races before, I do six hours basically in the 24 hours and um, six hours doing anything physical is freaking hard so um good good luck i mean that's i mean it's the whole thing i've been really interested in the gt cars and, and the nmp2 but the nmp2 i never quite got on with i bought it because someone else in this room convinced me to buy it and tried it didn't really get on with it and i remember trying to drive it at silverstone i was like four seconds off the pace and couldn't figure it out but um i think that's gone i think the car's gone through some evolution since it came so i have the 217 stuffy and the first thing i noticed is it's just wild it's just a bucking bronco um depends whose hands it in i think mine (laughs) (laughs) Uh, no i i really love it yeah it's a particular way to drive it It has for how fast it is it has quite long braking so you do have to brake a lot earlier than you think uh when i first went into it i did think oh i can brake because this is as faster than an f3 car i can I can uh, break as close as I can in an F3 car. And <laughs> <Wall>. <laughs> I found out that was uh, not true, locking, locking up the wheels and crashing into walls. But no, I, I love it. It's, uh, as I said, I'm a speed freak. And especially in VR, you just really do get that sense of speed. And it's, uh, yeah, great joy to drive. So Mist Apex does have a an endurance community as well, which I'm sure I can make an introduction for you as well if you're looking for fast, reliable team members. But that that team element, is what worries me the most so we are going to be some supporting some uh, missed apex teams officially come june but i was thinking of just trying to jump in with sabring for the 12 hours but it feels like it's something you can't just jump in on if i mess up in an f3 race i'm just messing it up for me the thought of ruining someone else's 12 hour experience means i need to put in a shed load of practice and i, and I don't know if i can yeah, so I have, I think on certain tracks, you know better than most that you can jump into. Sebring definitely requires some practice. Uh, but you say about the team elements, I had uh, that prime example of ruining the race. We did a VRS endurance race at Suzuka end of last season, and I lost it at the 130R on the first lap. Lap one. And oh, had 18 cold. minutes repairs um we we stuck it out to the end but it was yeah i was so so annoyed at myself i'm sure there's a clip on twitch that i made I've, i laugh at it now but at the time it hurts. i was so distraught it's the emotional investment of all your teammates as well though Jeansy. and like maybe we should just have a team with us three and just like have a pact that we don't care what, what car was that in it so it was the audi i'd been racing the lamborghini all week had good pace but i he didn't have the lamborghini and i went no it's fine we he said he'd purchase it but i said no it's fine we'll do it in the audi i did a few practice laps and felt good in it and then yeah when it comes to the actual race cold itself, tires lap one it. It, it's quite funny you talk about the audi because i've got um i need to go and buy hockenheim for the for the igp series i need to buy Belle isle as well so i went to reddit and i went to um 
Facebook to ask what GT3 car I should buy because I feel like I need a GT another GT3 car in my in my arsenal because I've only got the Mercedes and lots of people said the Audi is really quick but hard to drive um actually the majority of the community went for the Ferrari um but then lots of people had not very nice things to say about the Ferrari so the most amount of people said the Ferrari so I'd be interested to know what's your particular favorite GT GT at the moment um I've just falling in love with the Lamborghini. Um, GT3s are very, and GTEs, there's always a very, each patch, there's always a, a change in, in the BOP, the balance of power of the cars. So certain cars will be faster at certain tracks and you'll see the top splits or the cup, the faster guys just race the McLaren, for example, or whichever is the fastest car of that week. But what I've noticed for this season, which I've, I've personally been calling for iRacing to do for a little while. Um, there's been a real nice variety in the cars being used um, at the start of this season. It seems like they've finally got the balance of power right. And as they should, some cars are faster at that track, but it's nice to see not just one car dominate um, a, a track for that week. But I personally like the Lambo. It's it's quite nice and solid, um, and it just feels so good in the corners. And it sounds amazing. Because the question I actually asked was, you're only allowed one GT3 car in your garage. What do you have? So um, it was interesting. Lots. It was. I think the Lambo might have been less said because it's um, quite new, isn't it? Um, and I saw your video where you said that you'd, you'd fallen in love with the Lambo, actually. Um, so it is, it, it is an interesting thing. It's something I've always wanted to get involved with. I dipped my toe in once in the Z4, just before the Z4 went legacy, at um, Zanvoort. And it was carnage at turn three or whatever it was. So it's um it's an interesting series I'd love to dip my toe in. Okay. Give us a bit of a premiere here, Stuffy. So I don't know I always get mixed up with the terminology and the cars and the classes. So let's just do a little primer for anyone listening who's tempted. Because I've 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 just asked, are there any Sabring practice sessions this evening in our uh, endurance slack group? Because I'm like, ooh, I, I fancy a go now. I've got the Porsche RSR. I've said that right, I think. And the something, yep. something 217. What, yes, what is that? So the Porsche RSR is the GTE cars. Right. Um, so they're slower. Um, so Sebring this week. <laughs> so the P2 is um, LNMP car. So it's the fastest car. Right. And then you've got the GTEs, which are obviously. Okay, okay. and what's the name? Let's, let's get even more basic. What What is the name of the series when I'm looking on the, the Let's Go Racing current series? Yeah. IMSA. So well, I'm looking at IMSA, and these are endurance races. Uh, three classes normally? Uh, yes, yeah, so IMSA is actually 45 minutes, but they do their special events, which are right. generally okay. based around IMSA um, event. Uh, yeah, IMSA series. Okay, so what when we talk about these classes, A, what are they? And B, what would you recommend for corporate dad-type races? Uh it's it's a difficult one to say. It depends if you like being overtaken. Okay. I mean I mean I'm used to it. Or if you or if you want a bit of both. I personally like doing the overtaking. So I I'm a bit of a control freak, so I like to be in control and that's why I drive the LMP two. Whereas GT three, you're the slowest, you probably have you have good racing in both of them. If you want a bit of everything where you're got the carnage of being overtaken but you're also doing the overtaking gte and if you're just not worried about being overtaken at all by everyone and being lapped 
uh, then you've got the GT3. It's a, it's a great series. I love Milk Multiclass because there's a bit of everything, no matter what car you drive. Okay, so I'm going to jump in the uh, the middle class of those because that's the car that they told me to buy, and I have it now. Uh, when the LMP2s come through and hit me, whose fault is it? Like, can I have a P plate on the back of my on the back of my car? Yeah, just the best thing to do is just hold your line and let them <laughs> let them overtake it. There's such a speed difference with the P, LMP2 and a GTE car that when a GTE car moves off of his line and acts is not predictable, that's when crashes happen. Sometimes they're trying to help, but it called, it does the opposite effect. Um, <laughs> but there, you do get your silly LMP2 drivers who try to send it from 100 miles away. I, I'm still feeling a little bit sore because in the first race of the Missed Apex round one series race one of three uh, i'd had, had an off and the leaders were coming to overtake me on the discord chat i offered the leader the choice of where he wanted to pass me but i just misheard so i was like which way do you want me to go and he said i'll take the inside and i by heard take the inside and i ended up like just blocking him into turn 13 and 14 and then i gave <laughs> and then i gave the second place guy a massive toe down blanchimon as well um I'm not over it and I have not been forgiven. Anyway, this that's about all for today. It's been wonderful to meet our new friend Stuffy. Let's get the um let's get the riff raff out of the way first. Follow Alex at Alex Van Jean on Twitter. Search for Alex Van Jean V A N G E N on YouTube to catch his streaming efforts. Kyle is on Twitter. Oh, he loves a tweet at Kyle Power F1. Super edgy. It is all Care Bears, Care Bears content as well as F1, because he's massively into that, because none of the other cool kids are into it, and uh, he's a bit different and edgy. Uh, but if you want good YouTube uh, streaming content, go and search for Stuffy by searching for Stuff, S-T-U-F-F-E-Y-Y, on YouTube as well. Stuffy, thanks for joining us. I do hope you'll come back, because I think you've got a perspective on iRacing that, that we're currently lacking. And I love the fact that you are a coach in another discipline, and you've brought that instructional style to your YouTube videos. No, thank you very much for having me. And yeah, I'll keep it up and definitely look forward to uh, yeah, making another appearance. Excellent. Well, now we've got those mugs out of the way. Follow me. I'm the best one at Spanners Ready. And the show is at iRacing Podcast. We'll be back next week on Thursdays. I think we will record. Until then, work hard, be kind and have fun. This was Missed Apex. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. 
Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824.